Uh, we're going to get into a new series today. I uh, did want to share just a couple little things. Uh, like Vic just said, we do have new merch for sale. We sold a whole bunch of it earlier, so it's As Supplies Laughed right, out, right after service uh, in the cafe area. We've got some t-shirts, some hats, and some sweatshirts, I think. Uh, we've got a new logo, so we did a new merch drop, so we're excited about that. And then also, if you're newer to Northwood, um, next week, actually in between our two services, so you got to wake up early one more time, sorry. Uh, in between the two services, we're going to be doing a new at NC class. It's previously our next steps class, but really, this is the onboard to Northwood. If you've been around a little bit and you're saying, I want to I I jump in a little bit more. This is the spot for you. Uh, myself and then another friend is going to be teaching that. But maybe this is your first Sunday, and you're like, I'm not real sure about it. But some of you are already like, I'm in. I'm in. I like this. If this is your spot, then that will be taking place uh, next Sunday right in between the two services. So just kind of show up. Uh, if you're gonna, you can even, it'll last about 40 minutes. So you would just miss worship of the second service if you wanted to be in the second service. So. Excited about it. I want to pray, and we'll dive into today's service. Father, I thank you uh, for the opportunity to communicate. So God, I pray that you would help us. God, I pray that you'd prepare our hearts, uh, prepare, our, prepare us as people anointed. I pray that it would be God-breathed. And God, I pray that it would land on our hearts, ready to make a difference in our lives. So God, we center ourselves on the person of Jesus Christ. And God, we ask you to speak deeply to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. New Year, 2023. Um, you know, New Year's always bring different thoughts. Um, we're starting this series called Life Goals. And instantly, sometimes you are, maybe some of you, you see that word or those thoughts and life goals. And like some of you are like, awesome, I'm all in, ready to hear this. Some of you are like, uh, another self-help thing, I'm done with that. Some of you are like, I- I'm not interested. Some of you, like, goals is your thing. But for whatever reason, it seems like at the turn of a year, there's always this um, focus on where we want to be. Um, studies suggest that it's about a 50-50, uh, about people that set goals and people that don't. Just out of sheer curiosity, how many of you guys, first service it was Lucian, similar, I think we're the other 50. <laughs> like, I, nobody sets goals. But I, I, here's, here's kind of what I think. I actually think all of us do in some way, shape, or form. It's just we might not say it's a goal. Really, have you ever thought about where you want your life to be? Like, I want my life to look like this, or this is where I want to be, or, or that idea. What I'm going to try to do over this series is attempt to lift our eyes up a little bit and make our goals or try to help us with our goals be a little bit less about us. And I know that's kind of like, Huh? If it's my life goals, then my life should be about my goals, and my goals should be about my life. But as Christians, I think we have a little bit different call, and that's where we'll kind of get into it. Um, I do realize also, I was talking to some friends as we were kind of preparing for this, and we were just talking around the idea of setting goals. I know that there is a group of people, if not a lot of us, that just say, I'm not setting goals. I'm done with it. For a variety of reasons, but one of those is I've set goals in the past. And I didn't land on them. Or life didn't go the way I thought it would or hoped that it would. Or I worked really hard to achieve this. And instead of setting myself up for disappointment, I just choose not to look forward to anything. This series is for you also. So now that all of us 
are in this conversation, I want to just kind of open it up. Being that this is the first week of life goals, we'll get into the actual category. It's not going to be a long service like, oh, no, this is the intro. <laughs> no, no, like we'll get there. But I think we need to set good goals, but I, I don't believe that you can have good goals without good motives. So one of the areas that we're going to attempt to go into over this four weeks is what's the reason that I want that? And it's a bad goal. So we're just going to kind of dive into all of those different areas. Um, big thought around this, if you're not a goal person, is just around this question. What do you want from life? If you closed your eyes, if we took one minute and just said, everybody close your eyes and think, what do you want from life? We would all picture very different things. But that is kind of what we're talking about. What do you want from life? Now, this series, Life Goals, is geared towards followers of Christ. So I'm going to speak less TED Talkish, less, hey, the goal of your life is all about you because I actually don't believe that at all. But I'm going to attempt to lift our eyes up. This is something I'm realizing that communicators of the word has always done. By no means am I comparing myself to Paul, but we see in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, really a little context around 2 Corinthians. This is a letter from Paul, the apostle, who's writing to the church in Corinth. And what he's trying to do is speak to the goals and ambitions of people's lives, of followers of Christ. You see, they're stuck in this area. He's trying to lift their eyes up from the temporary struggles that they're facing. And what's amazing about life is we can use the word temporary struggles, but it can last an entire lifetime. In comparison with eternity, everything on this life is but temporary. And Paul is speaking to followers of Jesus, people that some that have literally witnessed Jesus live and die and resurrect, and they're really struggling with the things that are happening in their lives. Now, their temporary struggles are a little bit different than ours. Um, and I'm not trying to downplay ours by any means, but the temporary struggles that Paul's trying to get them to lift their eyes up from a little bit is like great persecution. Uh, they're seeing their family members, if not themselves, being executed for their faith. So the struggle is, the struggle is real. And what's taking place is Paul saying, guys, I know it's tough, but let's set some goals that are a little bit higher and he starts to talk about how, hey, I know all of us want to be in heaven right now. But we live in this earth. And there's this tension of Christ. We do yearn and long for heaven, but also because we're trapped in this temporary vessel, this body, we find ourselves a lot of times focusing solely on this earth. And that's the same thing that was going on here. And that's why Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, and you'll see it on the screens, but he says this. He says, so whether we're at home talking about like in heaven or away, we make it our aim. That word aim is goal. We make it our goal to please him. Whether we're here or there, whether we're in the midst of temporary struggles, while we're on this earth, we make it our aim to please him. And then he encourages, challenges, confronts, with the next saying, he says this, because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ 
so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. As followers of Jesus, our goal should be aimed at pleasing God. So what we're doing is each week, well, over the ne- this week and then the next three weeks, we're asking some questions. At the beginning of the year, we're asking some questions about our life goals. So today, the goals that we're going to discuss are around the topic of health. Health. Uh, health is a health. Health, and we speak of it holistically, like every part of our lives. Health. We strive for health, and I think that's something that we should value. But when I say the word health, I'm just curious, like, what do you picture? What is healthy, or what does healthy look like? Being that we're complex beings, that we're made up of our bodies, of our souls, of our spirits. Health can look different. It's kind of maybe the area, a lot of times we picture health in the area that we are least healthy in. Some people, when it comes to spiritual health, imagine something like this picture that you see. Like, this is how I achieve spiritual health. It's by deep study. Like, for some of you, that's like, oh, I would love to be there. Like, that's exciting. And then for some of you, are like, that's terrifying. I don't want any part of that. Some of you, that's the life you live because you're in school and all that. But like, this is the path to health is deep study and just absorb, absorb. Other people think the path to health is something like this. It's meditation. It's silence. It's solitude. It's being in tune with yourself. Like, is, is that what health is? Other people, usually the people that uh, are thinking about the body picture health being something like this guy. Some of you know who that is. Most of you don't. It's a guy. His name, well, it's not his real name, but his name is Liver King. That's a terrible picture. Like, those are skulls. But, like, so this guy is all about the food. It's all about what you intake and take. He's, he's known to be the guy that only ingests all natural stuff until about two or three weeks ago when it, he got busted for steroids. It's awesome. But, but, like, health, you can take that off the screen. I don't want to look at it. Well, you guys got to look at it. It's like, yuck. But... When we say health and our value for health, but really, I'm asking you to prayerfully consider the word health today holistically. And that's in all areas of your life. Because you are made up of, made up of all of these areas. Your body is simply the part of you. It's, it's what all of us see, our body. It's, it's what's in contact with this earth. It's what's in contact with one another. It's our five senses. That's the easiest to understand the body. And, and most of us, when we think about health, that's a little bit easier to grasp. It's like, do I go to the gym? Uh, have I already stopped going to the gym? Because that was my New Year's resolution. Like, like whatever that is, it's my, about my diet. Like, it's about, man, I'm not healthy in my physical body. What about the soul? The soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. We're all part of that also, or that's all part of us also. So we're already complex when you start to mix in emotions. Everyone's emotional, by the way. Some would suggest that others are more emotional than others. All of us possess emotions. We just express them differently. But we're body, we're soul, and we're also spirit. The spirit is our conscience. It's fellowship. It's that connectivity between one another. It's intuition. The conscience is that thing where you just perceive right from wrong. Fellowship is that thing. Uh, Our spirit is able to be in common union, is be able to be in community with 
with God. Some of us expect to be in community with God with our physical bodies. One day we'll be in the presence of God in a much different way, but until then it's our spirit that communes with God. And then intuition. Intuition is that thing, and it's through intuition that God God imparts to us directly. Uh, It's a particular sense uh, or a knowledge that's kind of like independent of reason. Like it just like it's just some people call it the gut feeling. Like it just I can't explain it. Uh, it's independent of reason, circumstance, or situation, or even precedent. It's just it's different. But we're all made up of all of these areas, and this isn't something that we've just made up so that we can do a series called Life Goals. Paul in First Thessalonians and, and countless other spots in the Word of God talks about all three of these areas. He says it in 1 Thessalonians, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, which means make you more like Christ and less like yourself. And he says completely, every area, body, soul, spirit, may God make you complete and sanctify you. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, all we're going to do is ask three questions about health. That's where we're going. And again, without impartation from the Holy Spirit or just revelation, like I'm asking you to put on your spiritual eyes today. If all we try to do is find out the next fad diet out of this, then we have sorely missed the point of this message series. But I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to to like speak to you in your life. Is there any area in my body my soul, or my spirit that is lacking health. And maybe the first reason we need to ask that question is is because we need to figure out if health is actually important. Why is health important? Why? One of my kids used to ask me the question when I'd, when I'd say, like, instruction to them. Uh, they would say this phrase, they say, what even matters? Like, what even matters? Is this really important? Does health actually matter? Absolutely. Why is health important? And we believe that health is important, and you'll see it on the screen, is because every single thing that we do, every action, every thought, every response, everything that we do flows from whether we, uh, or, or our body, our soul, and our spirit, whether those parts of ourselves are healthy or not. How your health is determines the product or the outflow of your life. We see in the scriptures, it's actually Paul once again speaking, but he's talking about what comes out of us. If stuff that's coming out of us is wrong, we've been defiled inside already. This is where the big laundry list of what you don't want to do, and he's talking about theft, stealing, adultery, like talking about all of those things. It goes on this big, long laundry list of of sin, of things that you don't want to participate in. But at the end of it, in verse 23, it says, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. You ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? Like, what you are internally directly affects and influences the way that you express yourself. How many of you have ever been without sleep for a long period of time? Hey, now we're participating. How was your performance? You're thinking clearly, making good decisions, 
enjoying life? No. You can make bad decisions based on sleeping bad? Maybe just speaks to the intricacy that God has created us. So we see that health is ridiculously important, and it's tied to the very outflow of our life. Have you ever just sat there and like you're doing something or you're just participating in something and you ask yourself, why am I doing this right now? Why am I doing what I'm doing? It speaks to something called motive, and motive is really tough to judge. Motive, like, when you start to really dial in or, or ask yourself the question, what motivates me? You begin to go a little bit deeper. And as we're talking about health, and by the end of this message, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to prayerfully consider setting some health goals. I'm going to, before we even get into setting trajectory for health, I'm going to ask you to consider what actually is motivating me to be healthy. Why am I seeking to be healthy? Why did I set this New Year's resolution? Why did I pay for this membership? Or why am I doing this? What's the actual goal? I was like, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start eating a little bit cleaner. Uh, why? Well, I wasn't feeling great. I'm like, eh, little, like, I need more energy. But then I'm like, you know what? I want to look better. <laughs> What motivates me to eat a little bit cleaner in that scenario was straight-up appearance. Is that wrong? I don't think so. But is that the pinnacle of motivation? I think studies would suggest that the motive to be healthy in 90% of people is strictly quality of life. Is that bad? I don't think so. Is that the pinnacle? I don't think so. Not, it can't be for a believer. It can't be. So what motivates you? And quality of life is simply, hey, I want to save money so that I can retire and enjoy life. That's not bad. But is that what life is all about? And, and I feel like deep down, I've got a responsibility for our church to attempt to raise our eyes up a little bit and say that there's way more to life than just this life. There's way more to your existence than just making your life comfortable and quality. Honestly, that's kind of pathetic if that's all our life is. Is that we live for what's the average age that humans live to now? 80? 75? If you're a guy. I don't know why guys last five years shorter. But, but like, if the goal of life is actually just to have quality life, I think God created us for more. I think God created you for more. So of health, because I believe the Bible convincingly and overwhelmingly says that there is something bigger, and Paul just said it in 2 Corinthians. He says, your aim is to please God. That's the motive. For a Christian, our life should adopt the motive of pleasing God. So what motivates you to be healthy? I think three good answers for this question is this. I think a good answer for your motivation to be healthy is that you would be a good steward of what God has given you. Your life, our life is a gift from God. I believe as Christians that we're living on borrowed breath from God. Every breath that we take is a gift from God. Some say that's super spiritual. I believe it to be biblically accurate. Every breath the same breath that God breathed into a pile of dirt and created man is the same breath that 
a gift. How am I using my time on earth? How am I using the, the gifts, the callings, the body that God has given me? How am I utilizing the very gift that God has given me? This is why my body health is important. This is why my mental health, my soul health is important. This is why my spiritual health is important. Why? Because they're all gifts from God. And God gives gifts to people so that we would use them. I think a lot of times we're simply sitting on gifts from God and we're either either using them for selfish motive, to make me known, to make me famous, Or do I realize that this moment in time is a gift that God has given me? And I have a responsibility, not just because I'm a person on the stage. Y'all, we're the same. You know, I'm just, I have to be transparent. Like, that's just me. If you don't like transparent teaching, then this is not going to be a great spot for you, which that's fine. Now, I'm not being rude when I say that, but I was standing there during worship at this service, and I've been, I've been fearful of being in two services again for a couple reasons. The selfish part is just straight up, will anybody show up? <laughs> Are we throwing a service for two people? And that, hey, point proven, no. Okay, cool. But the other part was I'm not, uh, I haven't been in the routine of doing two services, and it's taxing physically. And I was standing there during worship, and I leaned over to, to my son, and I said, dude, I'm tired. <laughs> I said, yo, <laughs> I used too much in the first service. <laughs> That's literally what I was feeling. <laughs> Drink more water. <laughs> and just the thought, not because I'm about to preach it, the thought was, you've been given this opportunity at 11 a.m. Steward it well. What if, and please don't make me the, um, I'm just an example. You guys, a lot of you do this way better than me. But what if we lived our lives like everything that we had was a gift and we were simply called to, to pour it out? That's what stewardship looks like to me. What if our motive to be healthy, what if I ate cleaner, and drank more water and worked out more so that I could stand on the stage and not be tired in the second service. That's what God's speaking to me while I'm teaching. I, I don't know what he's speaking to you. What motivates me to be healthy? I think another good answer is that our motive to be healthy would be to glorify God. Matthew 5 says, let your light shine before others. Let you, who you are, shine before others. Let it be a life on display so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Does your life glorify God or does it consume all the accolades? Do people see your good works and say, wow, that person is amazing? Now this doesn't mean, that's, you know, That doesn't mean that every time somebody gives you a compliment, you have to say, all glory to God. But what it does mean is behind the scenes, maybe if you get accolades, or if you get that promotion, 
or whatever it is, maybe behind the scenes just say, hey, God, that's yours. Glory to you. And when opportunity presents itself, and give the glory to God. What happened this last Monday night, I'm a, I'm a football fan, so I'm just going to reference it, with DeMar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills was terrifying, and it, it put a lot of different things on the national stage. But one thing that I thought was fascinating about the whole thing is that it platformed certain people's faith. People, people used the platform in that moment to say, this is where our hope truly lies. This is... This is Yes, the trust is in medical staff, but the same gift giver of life can sustain life as well. And I thought it was amazing that faith was platformed and faith was um, offered and that I loved watching an ESPN analyst struggle and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm going to do something I'm not supposed to do right now, but I'm just going to pray. God, I do. And uh, do I think that God did that? Absolutely not. But I think God will use any circumstance and scenario to reveal just how good he actually is. That other people would see, fear, and wonderfully testify of how good and glorious our God is. So my question is, what motivates you to be healthy? Is it that my life would glorify God? The third, what I believe to be a healthy motivation when it comes to health is that you can accomplish the mission of God. When you surrender your life to Jesus, your life is no longer about you. Your, your life, you've, some, some translations say that when you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you have now become a bondservant. What's a bondservant? It's a servant. But what is this bondservant? What's the significance of this word bond before servant? Is that you did it free willingly. You weren't forced into it. You submitted yourself into service. And when you are a servant of something or someone else, you're living for that person. What is the Great Commission? The Great Commission is the mission that God himself put every follower, every bondservant of Jesus on. So I believe this, the Bible clearly not just suggests, but says that your mission, that your life, the motive of your life should be to advance the Great Commission through your life. Matthew 28 says what the Great Commission is. This was actually right before Jesus ascended into heaven uh, to be back with God the Father. But he said, hey, here's your mission. He says that you're going to go out. You're going to tell everybody about what I've done, the life that I lived. You're going to tell them how I just ascended back to heaven. He says you're going to teach people. You're going to baptize people in the authority of Jesus, of God. You're going to go let the world know that their sins are forgiven and they can be close to God again. Our highest priority as Christians, our deepest motivation to live a healthy life should be to accomplish the mission of God. And that's tough because what happens when we're not healthy to accomplish the mission of God? What happens when we're too tired to do it? You ever gone through one of those seasons where it's, it's cleaning house, where you, but I'm not talking about the house or the garage, I'm talking about your life. You begin to analyze your life. It usually happens when you're overwhelmed and too heavy, too many things happening. I'm overworked, there's not enough margin. So what do you start to do? You start to create margin by reprioritizing, throwing things out, re-looking at certain things. I'm here to tell you, you cannot throw out 
the mission of God. You can't, like, out of fellowship with other believers. To accomplish the mission of God is why you are on planet Earth. So what does health look like? I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would be revealing what that looks like in your life. For some of you, you're like, hey, and with no disrespect, the New Year's resolution was i got to get back in church more. That's beautiful. But life is going to stockpile again. It's going to overwhelm and overload again. And when that happens, we need to prayerfully consider what is the mission of my life. And I believe the motive to be healthy with margin, with physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health would be that we could fulfill, or at least do our part in fulfilling the Great Commission. Paul Warcaster, who's a member of it, it's a group called the Gospel Coalition, he said this, the Christian life is not about God helping you accomplish all your goals and dreams. It's about laying down your dreams and ambitions to embrace his dream for your life. We were singing a song just a minute ago, I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. It's that. So many times, this isn't a suggestion not to be ambitious. It's not. This is not a suggestion to say, don't do anything except sit in your prayer closet all day. That's not it. You should build incredible businesses. You should be successful on this earth, but you should do it for your good, but for the glory of God. So, last question, and this one will be quicker. How are you going to get healthy and stay healthy? Okay, I'm sold on the motive. (laughs) How am I actually going to do this? How am I going to get healthy, and how am I going to stay healthy? And this applies for every area, okay? This applies for our body, for our soul, and for our spirit. How am I going to get healthy and stay healthy? The first thing that we have to do is we just have to simply evaluate our health. As I've been talking, I believe that the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit oftentimes reveals areas in our lives where we lack health. And he does it personally. And that's a beautiful thing. It's like, it's like when you get a card from a friend and you read, okay, yeah, they spend a lot of time finding the right Hallmark card, but the part you actually care about is the handwritten part. I believe the Holy Spirit handwrites during messages like this, specifically to you. So what I'm asking you is what is he handwriting to you right now? Evaluate your health. Maybe you know right now that there are areas in your life where you've just been lack that you've ignored, evaluate your health, pray, prayerfully consider even in this, man, ask trusted people around you, ask people that have a look into your life, some of you, and this this is going to sound crazy, some of you need to see professional help, I don't know why it is in the church that for whatever reason it seems like it's okay to go to a physical doctor, but it's not okay to go to a doctor that can help other areas of your life. I believe that to be 100% alive from the enemy. Some of us need to seek professional mental help. And, and that's not me, just so you know. I'm not saying that I get a free pass. I'm, I'm a biblical counselor. Some of you literally need to go to a doctor. And that's okay. There's this lie that crept into the church many years ago underneath the umbrella of the prosperity gospel that says, that says if you go to a doctor, you don't have faith. That's bad theology. 
It's bad theology. You don't lack faith. Maybe your faith step is actually stepping into a doctor's office. Feel a responsibility to maybe lift that burden off of some people's shoulders. It's okay. There's help out there. God, there's gifted doctors out there that literally could be an answer to a prayer that you've been praying for decades. Pray. Take your next steps. But the way that you do that is through evaluating your health. Next step is make a plan and move towards it. Simple, huh? Why don't we do it? I don't know. You evaluate it, and once the diagnosis is there, you make a plan to move towards health. What does a plan look like? Well, it's different for every one of these areas. For those of you that um, are spiritually struggling, like spiritual health is where the deficit is, maybe your plan is a Bible reading plan. Maybe your plan is a group, community. Maybe your plan to grow in that area is, you know what? I know the last however many years, I've started out strong in the year, but then I've just, for whatever reason, just tail dive. I'm going to make a plan to be here. Make a plan to be at church. And that could be as simple, and this sounds wild what I'm about to say, but like I make a plan every single Saturday night my life looks a certain way. And please don't say that you have to adopt this, but for me, what does my plan look like? Part of it's because of my responsibility on Sunday mornings is there's a certain hour that I'm home. Why? Because I want to be good for Sunday morning. There's a certain hour that I'm looking at notes Saturday night. My routine, my plan is Tuesday I write a message with the other guys that are teaching. Thursday I spend all day on my message. That's the plan to stay healthy, to be the healthiest in this arena. Why? Because it directly influences your health. What's your plan? That's just spiritually. Some of your plan might be therapy. We were talking about soul care, mind, will, emotion. Some of it might be therapy. Those of you that are sick in your body, I know there's chronic illness, and I know there are scenarios that they've just happened in life. But I think some of our plans need to just involve a diet. We have no energy. Look at what we're intaking physically. Some of you, your physical plan needs to be to slow down on alcohol. Some of your plans need to involve staying away or abstaining for a season from that. When you become dependent on certain things or that's the only way that you can achieve peace, it's not peace. Make a plan and move towards health. And then the third one, how are you going to get healthy and stay healthy is just stay consistent. Consistency for some um, personality types is like your love language. Like routine is, is everything. Like you're just wired for that. And then there's a subsector of people that categorically I fall into that consistency is not your strong suit. <laughs> That's my word for the year is consistency. That's just for Micah. That's not for the church. That's just for Micah. Staying consistent means doing the same thing for, you know, a lot of times when you trend towards health and achieve a level of health, you abandon the things that got you there. It's just 
mankind for whatever reason, but let me encourage you, let's stay consistent in this thing. Stay consistent with church attendance. Community is important. Worshiping together is important. Moments like this are important. Groups being around other people, it's important. Another thing that's important is when you get in relationship with people or connected to people, um, what it can do is it can produce a level of accountability in your life. I think one of the greatest ways that you can stay consistent is through accountability. I've got friends that they work out every day and they post on social media every day. That used to annoy me until I found out the reason. It's their accountability. I do that so that, it's not so people say, look at me, it's so that I can say I'm being accountable. I'm being accountable. My question to you is who is going to know the area of health that you lack outside of this service? Can say, hey, how are you doing on this area where you, you know, maybe you're writing a note right now or putting a note in your phone saying, this is the area that I need to grow in health. Who are you gonna share the note with? Who are you gonna share the note with? And then give them permission, but also the responsibility to follow up on that. That way when you text them or they text you in two weeks and say, hey, how you doing? And you say, good. And then they like go right at it and say, no, what about this area of your life? And you're like, yo, back off. Who gave you permission? And then you're like, well, you gave me permission. You know what I mean? Like, it's really important. The only way that accountability can take place is through relationships, though. Health is way bigger than liver king. Health is way bigger than being mindful. Holistic health, I believe, is an order from God. I'll remind you of the scripture that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, and then we'll close. In 1 Thessalonians, he says this, Now may the God of peace, that word peace is whole, shalom, perfect. Now may the God of peace himself, sanctify you, help you become more like Jesus. And he says completely, body, soul, spirit. And he says, and may your whole spirit and soul and body, might it be kept blameless. That word blameless means healthy. Might it be kept healthy at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what your next step is, but I believe the Holy Spirit's revealing that to you right now. So God in heaven, we, we open our hearts yet again to you. And God, we're asking you to lovingly nudge us in the direction of health. God, whatever area that is in our life, I pray that you would reveal it to us right now. For those of us that like, it's like a light bulb happening right now, God, I pray that we would have the courage and the confidence to follow you, to follow your leading. God, for those of us that need to make major shifts in our life, God, I pray that we would follow your leading. God, we love you. And we thank you for speaking to us in such a way, God, that we might be healthy so that we can be good stewards of what you've given us. God, that we can live a life that glorifies you and we can live a life that impacts and makes a difference on this earth by fulfilling the Great Commission. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.